Hey anglers, this is Eric from Carpicide letting you know that your favorite carp on the fly fishing tournament is back in its sixth installment on June 6th. Carpicide is the Twin Cities premier fly fishing tournament that targets your favorite spooky fish, the common carp. Carpicide began as the anti-fishing tournament. No sponsored anglers, no trophy fish, no bullshit, just good vibes chasing one of the least desirable invasive species imaginable. And plenty of beers and fish stories at the end of the day. Now in its sixth edition, Carpicide 6 aims to bring anglers together to target this unusual spooky fish, explore some weird local water, and raise a cold one to support thoughtful water protection and conservation. We are proud to partner with Sportsmen for the Bounty Waters in 2020 to raise money to support and protect one of Minnesota's proudest recreational areas. Since we can't host our usual pre-tournament happy hour, tournament morning kickoff, and in-person awards ceremony and after party, we're opening up Carpicide 6 to anyone who wants to catch carp on the fly. We're also happy to partner this year with some great local companies, including Men Provisions, Modest Brewing Company, Stone Arch Tattoo, and Freshwater Flats Guide Service. Head over to Carpicide.com for more details about this year's tournament format, and be sure to follow Carpicide MPLS on Instagram for the latest updates, prize details, and carp content leading up to Carpicide 6 on June 6th. Thanks to the folks at Brown Trout and Bridge Beers for the shout-out, and we look forward to seeing you out there at a safe distance on June 6th. Cheers. South Minneapolis. Excellent. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Um, you know, Zach is the uh, founder and the main point person running a wonderful app that everybody should get on their phones called Trout Routes. And uh, Zach, why don't you give a quick little intro of who you are, where you came from, and why uh, why did you agree to talk to a couple of guys at a computer on a Friday night? Besides the hams, for a good reason. Besides, besides the hams, I had to pay for yourself because of <laughs> thanks a lot, COVID. Yeah, typically we'd feed you and give you hams. Well, I'm still expecting like a shipment of brats or it sounds like chicken wings are the chicken wings are a good oh. staple. Yeah. No, yeah, so we'll, we'll get those out to you. Really. Yeah. Do you guys deliver, or how do you guys prefer to mm. make way here? Yeah, um, if you have something to eat, I'd go ahead and start. But uh, we'll, get him, we'll get him, we'll get him to you. The yeah, carrier so, pigeons get lost from Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my name is Zach Pope uh, from South Minneapolis, uh, electrical engineer by trait. Uh, got into fly fishing probably around 16. Um, I think the way that I got into fly fishing was I've always seen people do it, and I've always like super appreciated kind of what they did because I never understood how to do it myself. And there was one day where I ran into my late grandpa's fly rod in a garage. And it was like a, what, what must've been like a 15 weight. It was like a stiff like pole. And um, I always remember like trying to take that thing out to some of the city lakes and, and fishing for some panfish. And ever since I've just, you know, I've never been good at it yet, um, but I've always tried and I've always really appreciated a lot of different aspects of it. And um, kind of fast forward uh, several years, I've always appreciated kind of looking for uh, new spots and new, new places to fish and trying to understand uh, how to explore. And um, yeah, I kind of uh, came up with the idea or kind of was inspired by several people of creating a better platform for, for kind of mapping and exploring trout stream. So 
So trial routes is, is essentially a mapping platform for finding, identifying, and exploring trout streams. So the idea being that you can use our platform and nothing else, and you can get more information than you ever could anywhere else, whether it's public land or where to put your boat in or where to park or uh, a lot of other cool stuff that we're kind of working on. So uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for, for inviting me here to uh, chat about it and uh, look forward to the next hour. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so is it just trout routes? I mean, I know, it, I know the name of the app is trout routes, but it's primarily just trout streams or do you have like lakes and stuff on there as well? It's uh, we're, we're really focused on just trout streams. I mean, it's, it's super tempting to go into the lakes and we have some lakes here in the Metro that are by themselves pretty decent. I mean, they're crowded, but uh, we get that same question out West. I mean, out West, I mean, some of the lakes are as good as some of the trout streams, but, yeah. um, but also even in the Midwest, like some of the bass streams and rivers that we have are, are killer. So, but no, I mean, we're, we're really, really, really focused on being the best trout stream, like mapping platform across country as soon as possible. So we're not going to, yeah, that, yeah. that's good. I, so what, I like, um, I like that idea. <laughs> What's uh so what's the coverage so far? Um, you know what states what states have you branched out into? So we um we started in 2018, and I guess I guess I guess I started in 2018, and we first started with Minnesota, and I got a really crazy like opportunity that I didn't expect to be at the Great Waters Expo last year. Like I, I went to the Great Waters Expo typically as like a like a newbie angler, and then to jump in as a as a like an actual ex, uh, exhibitor was was just an awesome experience. It was a really, if anyone on your podcast doesn't go to that, they should start. It's a really cool experience um, yeah. for the fly fishing community in the Midwest. Absolutely. Um, so we launched Thanks, that, that it was canceled. Yeah, it was in a yeah, that was tough. Um, so anyway, so we 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 started off with Minnesota. And, um, then like a couple months later, we added Wisconsin and Iowa. And then now we have, we have North Dakota, which you'd be shocked actually has a few different tailwaters. We have South Dakota, which is the black Hills, which is pretty awesome. And then we have Nebraska, which I was again, very surprised. There was like 52 trout streams in Nebraska. It's pretty cool. How, how many? 52. Whoa. Yeah. They I, have, that's a lot it, larger than I thought. They have pretty, pretty hefty sized fish out there too. Yeah. I think one of the state records was caught right off the, right off the North Platte, which is actually a tailwater in Nebraska, surprisingly. And they have this weird, weird canal. Actually, I went there um, in January on the way to Colorado when I was driving there. And it's the most bizarre, like being from Minnesota, it's a pretty bizarre place. It's like this very, very deep canal that feeds out of this big, big lake, just kind of like some of the, the out west uh, reservoirs. And it's where the state record was. I think it was, I don't know how big it was. It was giant, you know. And it's not like your normal fly fishing, you'd think. I mean, there's like 15-foot banks of cement, and so you can barely even fly fish. It's, it's, it's barely accessible. Okay. But, um, but yeah, there's, like, there's a lot of trout streams out there that are pretty legit. So then we added Colorado, and that alone... It, frankly is an ongoing project, but that that's taken a long time. That's our biggest, that's probably our biggest focus right now. So when you're, when you're adding these new States or new rivers, are you putting like feet on the ground at these locations, you know, double checking the areas? Or are you relying on the GIS data that you can pull? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. So we always start off with, with kind of like data, and we try to see how far that goes, but we always use on feet for like testing and verification. And typically we allow ourselves to use like feet on the ground experiences to kind of validate whether or not we're even in the right ballpark. Um, but you can't do one without the other. If you just, if you just do your best at like getting a bunch of data and just shooting it out there, it usually is not. So what we've seen is it doesn't really uh, work. Like, especially in Colorado, Colorado is a very, very complicated state with regards to public access. So, um, yeah, you definitely need both. And is there, you know, on, you know, for, for trout routes, you know, if we're talking about Colorado, um, are you, is the, is the app putting any kind of alerts out there for the specific rules, like water access rules, you know, that the different states have, or is that up to the user then to uh, figure that out? 
or just make sure they're not breaking any rules so they don't get shot by a rancher? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. So we today don't have a way of informing the user of like the different access laws in the different States. Um, I've always wanted to kind of add something like that. I think we got to be a little careful of the legality because we certainly don't want to put on the legal hat and tell them what they can and can't do and then get sued afterward. Right. But I mean, we all know like how delicate that whole issue is depending on which state you're in. I mean, we're, we're very lucky in some of the States here where you have like the right away and you have the, the you know, you feed on the feet in the water, you're good to go. But out, you know, out West, it's a whole different ball game and it's not as well marked and it's, it changes and it's dynamic and uh, it's, it's really tough out there. So today we don't, we might, we might in the future. So uh, Colorado, you made it to Colorado. What's your, what's the next state? The next state's Colorado. <laughs> finish, finish up Colorado. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, we, we kicked off Colorado at the, uh, like we, we did the a big expo out there. We did uh, an international sportsman's expo, which is like the biggest expo out there, but it's for all sports. So it wasn't really like fly fishing related. Um, but I think over time we've just learned that there's so many like very detailed, like micro town access points that if you really want to do a good job in Colorado, you have to do a good job in Colorado. You really have to be like super specific, go to the town, figure out the parks, figure out like, which bridge, like go to Google, you know, street view and actually look at every single bridge and every single trail and every single parcel. And it's been a painful lesson because to be good in Colorado takes a lot of time. And that's kind of what we've learned. And so before we kind of expand to the Wyoming's, the Montana's and the Missouri's, which is all some of the things that we want to do, I really don't want to move on until we make Colorado like as good as possible. Right. Also, I mean, if you have to go spend time in Colorado, that's not a terrible thing either. If it takes a little bit. Yeah, I think it really requires a lot of visits. I really want to go out there <laughs> <laughs> as often as I can. And yeah, yeah, I've been lucky. I've been out there a few times the last couple of years. And I mean, it's, it, it's a different place because I feel like, I mean, you go to the Deckers and, you know, there's a few, I mean, there's a few spots out there where. I mean, it's been crowded at streams here locally the last couple of weeks, but out there, it's a whole different game. It's, it's very busy. I mean, in certain spaces, it's very, very busy out there. So um, crowds is definitely a different issue out there. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think, I think the, oh, it seems like everybody out there has some kind of fly rod or some kind of trout fishing that they do. Well, that's the thing about out there. There's really not a whole lot of other fishing that you can get out and do. That's, that's no. kind of the, 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 uh, the golden pony that we have in Minnesota is we've got so many different opportunities. So yeah, let's say the 20 popular access spots in the rush are 20 cars deep. Well, you could go hit up the Metro Lake and go catch sunfish and bass all day long to go up hopper. Right. So we do, we do have that luxury, which is something, something to keep in your back pocket. Even if they're, even if your favorite brown trout spot is taken up by well, and if you have trout routes on your phone and your favorite spot is taken, it's easy to find a new spot. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll uh, go ahead and ask myself a question. I mean, I feel like one of the questions we've gotten is like, don't you think that something like trout routes will lead to crowding? That's something that we get a lot. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm a pretty open-minded, like I take, criticism and like thoughts pretty openly, but I still feel like something like trout routes or a better mapping platform to educate you on all the options that you have will actually lead to less. Yeah. Routes. So I think it would spread people out more. Yeah. So yeah. why would you go to the rush when you know it's busy and you know that stream X, Y, and Z is just 20 miles away. Um, and yeah. so that's kind of part of our mission is, is try and educate people on all the options out there. So they don't crowd, you know, the streams that we all know. Right. And that, and that same train of thought, have you had, I mean, probably not, but have you had, had, had any of the old timers come up to and say, what are you doing? Putting people past my favorite fishing spot or why, why are you telling people about these different spots on, on the river? Uh, yeah, there, there's, there's, you know, there's definitely different crowds in the fly fishing industry. Um, uh, so the short answer is yes. The, Okay. The, the thief answer is yes. Um, 
So kind of tie in with, with that answer, you know, giving away spots for somebody who doesn't know what, uh, what, what information does trout routes have on it? Like, is it going to have like pictures of Grant's 32 inch fish he caught, or is it just pretty much like stream, uh, easements and parking spots and stuff like that? Like what's, what's all, if somebody looks at trout routes, what are, what kind of information are they going to get? So our, our like mission is to help you identify and navigate great trout streams and the area of interest. So we, we are not going to ever deal with like, Hey, I caught a fish here. Here's my picture. Um, we're not going to deal with like hot spots in terms of here's a great hole where that's kind of where we draw the line, but everything up until that line, we want to be the best at. So like, for example, you know, one of the things that we noticed in Colorado is like, we have spent a ton of time on our like GIS data sets. So I think we have like the most advanced public data set, maybe outside of Onyx in Colorado. But we also have super like intense data on like what streams are great, which streams are tailwaters, which streams have easements. And so the idea being that like, if I'm new to Colorado or if I'm on a trip, or if I just have Saturday from like 10 to 2, I don't want to spend my whole time driving around looking for streams that may or may not have public access. So we're really trying to help you identify like where is a good trout stream that has good public access where do you park? Where's a good place to put your boat in? So you're not spending all your time like looking on the gazetteer or whatever it is and all these other different sources. So it's really a good source for exploring and navigation as opposed to like, Hey, hotspotting, here's where I caught my fish and here's a great stream. So like the whole social media thing we'll never get into. Right. Um, do you guys list trout species that are in particular bodies of water or just show access because I know like the Minnesota uh, yeah. DNR has, you know, they list this as brown trout and brook trout water or rainbows or you guys yeah. get that deep into it. Today we haven't. Um, it'd be sweet to do that, especially like I, I keep going back to Colorado because it's just a huge, huge market and it's, it means there's a lot of anglers out there, but like even here, it'd be great to know, like to turn on a little filter that says here are all the stream areas for like steelhead and they're only valid yeah. spring and fall or whatever. Um, or here are the places for brookies, you know, if you only want to do brook, brook trout or whatever. Um, but I, you know, I, I haven't seen very great data sets and for us to manually do that would be obviously pretty darn hard. And then, um, it changes also. So like, it's very dynamic, those data sets. And I'd rather be like right than be, you know, kind of guess and then be wrong from a user perspective later. So, so far we haven't really done that yet. Okay. So earlier we were, we were kind of chatting about, you know, you getting this, um, this platform and map, you know, it's kind of started from the ground up. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of picture of, you know, the amount of time that you've put in since 2018 giving all this information together so we can all be better trout fishermen and women um, and have access to all these points. Yeah. So I think I started the project in, I would say June. Well, I think, I think it was probably more like March of 2018. And I've always kind of, I've always kind of wondered about different problems that we have as anglers. And it, it kind of started off with, actually low cost, like turbidity sensing, because I feel like a lot of the, we, we all as anglers spend so much time on those uh, gauges. And I think it'd be cool to have more of them. And that's honestly how kind of we got started, nothing related to maps. And um, that turned out to be way, way harder than I thought after several months and building my own pond in my own backyard and testing and <laughs> a long story. So then in like June of 2018, we kind of pivoted and said, all right, we're going to do, we're going to do maps and we're going to do trout streams and maybe later we'll deal with low cost, whatever, turbidity sensing. Um, but I do want to mention, like, I, I probably wouldn't have gotten started with, with that pivot had it not been for like what most of your podcasters will know of like Stu Anderson, who is the kind of the founder of trout spotter, uh, did a just an amazing job pioneering what it means to take a bunch of data and create like a really useful use case or like platform. And that when I saw that and I saw some of like his, he did a couple of presentations um, on like 
how he did what he did, but also like he did like a presentation at a startup convention and it was like, it was just completely eye opening. And I just completely ran with that afterwards. Um, and pretty much ever since I've just been kind of running super hard towards just creating a really, really good trout stream mapping platform for the United States. And, you know, sure, sure. Long-term we might, you know, go up, you know, beyond the United States, but, um, so anyway, so to answer your question, I mean, it's, it's been pretty, pretty hard. <laughs> so I had a full-time job up until September of 2019. Um, I was a director of engineering for a medical device company and doing this on the weekends and at nights. And it, it was just, it was a lot of work. I mean, it takes a lot of passion. I mean, there was like so many weekends that were like, you're talking like beautiful, you know, spring, sunny, you know, March, you know, Saturday afternoon. And I'd wake up at like eight and I'd work till like, you know, 8am to like 10pm. Same thing on Sunday, 8am to 10pm. And then every weekday it'd be pretty late at night. So that was kind of my mission. And then we, when we, when we launched uh, at the expo last year, um, it kind of dawned on me that this actually might be worth pursuing more seriously. And then I, left my job full time, uh, in September, I've been doing this full time ever since. So now, you know, now it's my full time gig. Nice. That's awesome. I mean, awesome that, you know, you got to a point where you could take that leap. You know, I've talked to plenty of people where it's, it's tough to to make that transition, but I think we're all real grateful that you did to put more time and effort into this, um, (laughs) this tool that we can all use, especially, you know, you know, times like this, when we were talking earlier, your five favorite spots, you know, across the border are packed full. Well, let's pull up, let's pull up trout routes and let's go explore some new water and not have to worry about going into a gas station to get a gas here. You can do it all from your phone, not have to worry about it. Right. Is, uh, can you download sections of maps, you know, if you ever get out of like cell service? Is that an option? Yeah. So one of the, one of the challenges with like our approach with doing an app is that we have to deal with Android and Apple. So those are like, you know, it's kind of a pain because half of us have Android and half of us have iOS and they're completely different languages to develop on. So as like a business, we have to develop two different products simultaneously with essentially zero or, or very low capital. Um, so right now our main focus is on iOS cause that's what I can do. And, and Android, I, I kind of have to have someone else help me on. So on iOS, we made a release, I think it was in March where we allowed offline maps and that's a huge, really important feature. Um, I mean, sorry to keep going back to Colorado, but like out there, there's giant regions of really great trout streams with no access or sorry, no yeah. uh, cell service. Right here, I mean, you can putz around the rush or whatever, you know, down the, down the lower driftless and you, you know, you're generally okay. Um, but out West you're, you're kind of hosed. So we do have offline regions and it's a pretty, it's a pretty like pretty, uh, liberal size of data that you can download. Um, that's only an iOS. So Android's kind of falling behind. That's why we have to do it, Matt. I was like, cause we, were, we were talking about the other. I was like, I can't, I can't download. Here's oh, no point why you should, yeah. Here's another selling point why heads should probably stick to your um, Apple phones is you can download maps yep. on uh, trail routes. Android's way behind at this point, so I apologize for that. <laughs> no, it's all right. Like from a development standpoint, I get it. You have to pick one or the other, and honestly, at this point, Apple's going to be more popular. It's you know, no hard feelings from this camp. <laughs> so while you've been, you know, building this and getting this together, has there been, you know, has there been any spots, let's talk about Minnesota, that just were absolute gems, gems. You didn't even, didn't even think about them, wouldn't even thought to drive to that part of Minnesota and all of a sudden you're like, wait, there's a trout stream here? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to call them out in in specificity, like, but yeah, there's definitely been like, I think one of the most like uh, rewarding experiences of the project is using like the product myself and saying, look, I got, you know, 20 minutes, I'm in the middle of Nebraska or wherever I am, and I don't really have time to Google search every single, you know, 
normally it takes like two, three hours to do research, right? If you're in a new area and I honestly use my own, you know, I, I use progress myself all the time and it's been pretty nice. I mean, it's been kind of fun. I mean, I think one area that we'll probably tap into later is uh, the stream classes. That's a little bit more of a, on the, on the controversial side, but like putting that aside, it's just nice to know like where are the public spots, where are the trails, where are the bridges. And, um, I think like some of the areas specifically in Iowa, I hadn't actually seen or been to before this project. And I've, I've used the, the, you know, use the product going down there. And it's like, <laughs> you get, you get to see some of the coolest places I've ever seen from trout streams, uh, that I yeah. probably would never see had it not been for this, for this little project. So I would say Iowa, so, you know, North, I guess it'd be Northeast Iowa. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely first time I was down in Northeast Iowa. I was like, where, where was this? I, I thought Iowa was nothing but pig farms and cornfields. So, uh, Liz, yeah, but... it's quite, well, yeah, most of it, but that Northeast corner sure is, sure is beautiful, especially off those trout streams. Yeah. Yeah. So Grant, this, this would get rid of all the 900 pins that I have on my Google maps on my phone that you always are trying to, Coach from me. Steal from you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, absolutely would. That way you don't accidentally lose your phone and somebody picks those up off your Google Maps yeah, someday I, or driving down I, the road. I got a bunch of data I'll sell to you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> this is real, real world data. It'd be cool to find a way for like people like you to import your own Google Map pins into trot routes knowing that you'll never have to share that with anyone. That'd be kind of a cool, yeah. awesome yeah. work on that. We'll, we'll get a list going for you tonight. Yeah. List of ideas. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can have three BT specific bridges that are approved for beer drinking. Um, Cause some of them are just better for, for sitting on and, and not falling in the water. Well, I think that if you zoom in on trout routes, like real close on a bridge, the 3BT logo should pop up. <laughs> you have like sponsored like tables and yeah. chairs with like 3BT stickers on there. Co- yeah. Co-branding. We, we yep. can absolutely work on that for you. Love it. So where do people find Trout Routes? All your app stores, app Apple apps and... Yeah, we're on... Um, apps. Yeah, we started off on iOS like when we first launched last spring, but now we're on both Android and iOS. So it's, it's, it's not on the web, but it's on uh, the app stores. And how much is it? For uh, people who don't know. It's completely free. Wow. That's a heck of a deal. Everybody yeah. should have it. Everyone yeah. should have it. Yeah. There's no reason not to people get pause the podcast. You're on your phone right now. Anyway, download the app, start using it. There you go. And probably provide helpful feedback is probably something that can always be um, good for, for you as you're developing the product, I'm sure. Yeah, we get, I mean, you'd be surprised because like a lot of our, like we recently like made a way for people to like email essentially me directly, like from the app with one button. So like you have a ton of people searching trout on the app store. They download this app they have a question or they have an issue and they literally email me like directly and I respond to them in like two minutes. And so they, I feel like they think this is some giant company like, Oh, this is, you know, pretty legit, you know, large company. And they get like a very personalized response like two minutes later. And, uh, it's just kind of funny. Yeah. So we have a lot of like, you know, we, we provide pretty good feedback, I think. But like we really value, like we get tons of good ideas from people that are using it in the field or they have questions or they have suggestions and we pretty much incorporate it as soon as we can, if we think it makes sense. Right. Like zooming in and seeing 3BT logos. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you one, I'll give you, I mean, a couple of real examples. One is, um, there was one, there's one comment about like, we kept making all these updates and, you know, me as a developer, I think they're, you know, awesome updates or whatever, but people in the field don't really know what they're getting. And sometimes like apps often will update automatically. And so someone had the, someone had the suggestion to like create a what's new dialogue or something like what's new about this version, which is mm-hmm. pretty, pretty basic, pretty common. So we create a little what's new dialogue. And then another idea that 
we kind of incorporated was um, it was like, I mean, it was, it was essentially like the favorite spots where you can like tap and hold to create your own little favorite spot. Um, but the idea of like sharing it with other people was something that someone else was like, Hey, you guys should really create this little thing where if my buddy is going to meet me or if I'm a guide and I want to meet my client at a specific bridge, I can share that exact location with them via text, right. email or whatever. So we started, we, we actually added that uh, back in March too. So we get a ton of good, we get a ton of good feedback. Awesome. So deterring from the app related talk for a minute, um, what's, uh, what's your favorite type of fishing? You know, is, are you a dry fly purist? Um, you know, how do you, how do you like to go out and catch trout? I think, I think my least favorite is nymphing. I've never figured out, honestly, like I'm still terrible at nymphing. Like, like my, it's so hard for like when it, when there's dry flies going on, like it's, it's, it's obviously our, all I think almost all of our favorites, but like, it's really tough for me to go to a stream and I see no activity on the surface and I have to figure it out. Like that's where I perform the worst. And you know, I'm getting better over the years, but, um, it's still pretty hard. So I would say definitely dry flies. I still have not had a ton of success with streamers. Like sure. Like smaller little woolly buggers here and there, but like, I'm still not great at nipping. Hmm. Well, that's why we'll have to, uh, we'll have to get yeah. together and we'll put you through Matt's, um, Matt's beginner course on nymphing. I think oh, I'd love it. We've taught a lot of people, uh, good techniques to get them moving along. Yeah. Nymphing 101. I went out with Bob Mitchell's, uh, Aaron over at Bob Mitchell's last, last year and he like, like four hours and I was already like twice as good as I was before. So that, that definitely helps. And I, we're always super supportive and, and we always try to advocate for fly shops and guides. Um, but that definitely helped. Like even like okay. four hours in the stream helps a lot. Does your app uh, list, does your app list fly shops like local fly shops? yeah for for ios i mean i'm again i'm sorry but uh ios come a long way and we actually this actually took a really long time we for all seven states that we support we went to google and we mapped out i think it was like 89 fly shops across all seven states and we documented their phone number their website their address and we provided directions to them so the idea being that oh and we also downloaded their logo and so in the app, if you're an iOS, you see every single fly shop, where they're located, what their logo is, what their phone number is in their website. Mm-hmm. So let's say Bob Mitchell's, if you want to know, hey, I'm in, you know, South Minneapolis or in Bloomington, where are the fly shops in my area? And in the, in the map, you'll see, you know, you'll see the, the flying glare, you'll see men, you'll see um, Orvis and Bob Mitchell's and Lund's over River Falls, and you can just tap them and call them right away. So we're very, very passionate about like collaborating with fly shops. Cause we think they're like, I still kind of feel like they're like the bedrock of our industry and they will be for a very, very long time. Yeah. So we really want to continue to try and find ways of kind of partnering with them or collaborating with them or whatever. Um, so yeah. So yes, they are, they are in the app. Good. For iOS. For iOS. Uh, yeah. find, well, find an Android man. developer and, and shoot me an email <laughs> who wants to work for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll say I, I have a few, but unfortunately they're not trout fishermen. So maybe I could, maybe we can convert them and have them help out. You might find three BT logos all over the Android side though. <laughs> <laughs> all good. <laughs> we'll, we'll pay them in hams and hot dogs. We'll keep them, keep them going for a while. <laughs> yeah, we could, we should rate. We could rate the bridges on like one to five hams as far as like whether it's a good, if it's a good bridge for drinking beer on, it's five hams. If it's so-so, it's a three. And, you know, if it's not even worth cracking a beer, it's like a one hams. That's a really good idea. Yeah. We'll have to to work on that. Yeah. Well, you've got two two boys at home. We can start grooming them to learn how to program for Android platform. So, yeah, kids love to do that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. it's really not that hard. I mean, they have so many like videos on YouTube and whatever else on. Like I, you know, I, I was saying earlier, like I 
very much learn this all on my own on my free time. Like I'm not trained to be a mobile app developer or a GIS, whatever they call it, analyst or whatever. Um, but these days, like there's so much information online as far as how to self-taught and how to self-learn. I mean, you can really learn anything on your own for, from, for the most part. Um, so. Good. Awesome. Um, so you would, you'd fish dry flies if you had a choice. Um, favorite trout species? Uh, I would probably say browns. Browns? Only because I feel like I'm, I have a little bit of a, I feel like rainbows for my, in my experience, are almost, almost oftentimes stocked, you know? And so like, I just prefer browns just in general. I know it's a little bit of a bias if you go out west, a little different, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you hook into some, you know, wilder rainbows out west and they'll make you think twice about brown trout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, they're a little different, different once you cross the Missouri River out there. Yeah. Um, what, you know, as far as dry flies go, um, you have a favorite hat that you like to fish? Um, probably caddis, just because like I feel like those kinds of rises and that kind of activity is so much more erratic and so much more like high intensity. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. you can you can yeah. literally be not very like I feel like with other hatches you have to kind of like dead drift it a lot more carefully. But with caddises, you can just be an idiot and just kind of like wave your wave your rod, and it looks like a hatching caddis, and they just go nuts. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I, I definitely think. When I can hit them, caddis is definitely preferred. I think it was, I think it's that kid that works at um, Root River Rod Company down in Lansboro posted a video today. I think he's like LP Outdoors or something. It was, I think it was like a back slick or like a, a small eddy and whatever review it was at. And it was just covered with caddis. Almost like yeah. he could have walked, walked across it. It was just going ape shit down there yeah they get a black caddis hatch that will come off kind of like mid-afternoon through the evening and with this year being particularly warm early uh, I, I would imagine that it's coming off like crazy down there hmm. i i fished yeah, it one fun. one year it was a a warmer spring and it was trout opener and we were fishing down in Southeast and the caddis were so thick that, you know, you're picking them out of your nose, out of your ears or just all over the place. And that hatch, we fished that hatch from, Oh, two in the afternoon till 10 30 at night, you know, and finally we just gave up because we had to go home. <laughs> Those are the best days. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. I think my, um, so I went to, I've always dreamed of going out to Montana, like when I was younger and kind of got into fly fishing. And I think it was like four years ago, I did my first trip to Montana and I drove all the way out there by myself. I brought my, uh, I have a golden retriever dog and, uh, didn't really know what I was doing. This is back, you know, in the early days, I still don't know what I'm doing, but, and, um, <laughs> see the, the ham salute here. Um, ham salute. So I go out there and, and I, I don't know, I, I've heard the timing's really hard, but I got out there, I went all the way out to the Madison and uh, specifically the Gallatin. This is like mid June. And I've heard these epic stories of like the salmon fly hatch. And I was like, sometime in my life, it'd be nice to hit that. And yeah. literally my first trip out there, I was driving up the Gallatin. Yeah. I heard stories of like, they're at this bridge today. They're going to be at this bridge tomorrow. Like they're moving their way up through the Canyon. It sounded really intense. And sure enough, like my first day I hit dead nuts on. And it was like, that's probably my most memorable day of fishing. Cause it was like, you're throwing these like size sixes. Like you can barely lift that fly off the water yeah. and just these giant, you know, just slaps the water. You know, they're like an ounce, you know, they're, they're super big and these giant fish don't care. They just, they just take it. And it's like yeah, muddy they, water. They just don't care. That's awesome. slam it. That's a good time to be out there. We usually take a, a family trip out there about the end of June. And um, I've seen it where the salmon flies have been coming off and we're driving down the road. And I don't like to use the word literally very much, but literally there was millions of salmon flies flying like 10 feet above the car. I mean, you, you could not 
look up and not see hundreds of salmon flies. It seems like when they're on, they're on and it's intense. And then they're yeah. off. It's like a very, very hot, you know, up and down hatch. Yeah. It's a pretty small window too, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll have like the yellow sallies, which is a really, really small stonefly. They'll come off and you'll get the salmon flies, which are the big jumbo ones. And then coming towards the tail end is like the golden stones and stuff. And they're a little bit smaller than the um, salmon flies. But I think the golden stones, they last longer. Uh, somebody will probably tell me I'm full of shit. Yeah. But uh, the trout seem to key in. I've found when I fish the golden stones a little bit smaller. Uh, the fish will key in on those a little bit better than the, the big giant stoneflies, maybe because that's what everybody's fishing. I don't know, but I've had more luck on golden stones than uh, salmon flies when when I've been out there. Hmm. But it's a was fun bug your, to fish. Um, was that your only time out to Montana, or you've been out there a few times since then? No, I think my first trip out west was actually the Black Hills, which I don't really, I mean, I don't really consider like the true out west, even though I'm like obsessed with the Black Hills. I think it's super underrated. Um, Spearfish Canyon is a blast. Dude, Spearfish Canyon. Absolute blast. Yeah, I think there's, yeah, there's a ton of underrated streams out there. Um, But anyway, so I went to Montana that, that first year and I pretty much have gone more the next year than the past year, every year. So like this year, I, you know, we try and go to Colorado or mostly Montana or Colorado, at least a couple times a year. Nice. So when's, where's Montana on the list of states to get on trout routes? Um, I mean, it'll be for sure done by the fall. It's just a matter of kind of when, you know, is it June or July or is it after the season or, you know, I think it's going to kind of go half, have to go hand in hand with Wyoming and Idaho. Those kind of the big ones. Um, But again, it's, it's so, it's so tempting to keep, you know, adding new States. But the reality is until we get Colorado good enough, like there's no reason moving on. So we really just need to keep making Colorado good enough. Yeah. And I think, I think having that app developed really well in States that have really tricky water access laws um, is, is definitely beneficial. You know, Montana is kind of one of those nicer places where it's pretty easy to hop in the water and be able to fish somewhere. Um, whereas in yeah, Colorado, Wyoming, getting that locked down is going to help help a lot of people. Because honestly, my first time in Colorado was two or three years ago, and it was very intimidating on how to get in the water, where I can get in the water. Like, am I in the wrong place? Like checking maps and like, you know, at that time I didn't have Onyx. It was just kind of like, well, it's green on Google maps. So I think I should be good here. Right. And, you know, and my wife's like, well, why can't you just, why can't we just pop here and you hop in down off the bridge? I was like, yeah, that doesn't work here. We can't play those games in Colorado. So I think you're going to have a lot of very happy weekend warrior trout fishermen in Colorado once you once you get that done. Or us Midwesterns that like to travel out to Colorado um, and, you know, go check out some new water. Yeah. 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 And I think I think a big, like, challenge that we're going to have in Colorado is, like, building trust in the product because I think a lot of people out there, like, or people that have been there realize how tricky and delicate access is out there. And so it takes a lot of like gaining trust in someone's data to really like actually trust it. So like, let's say, you know, Google maps has green, well we do too. And so is it actually public or is it not? And so, you know, we really have to be right and then we have to gain trust and that'll take time. And so it'll, it'll be a little while before we fully get a lot of, you know, adoption out there in Colorado. Well, with, um, Question we was asked too. Um, doesn't have to be trout. Favorite fish you you've ever caught, or favorite fish that you've ever hooked into. Most memorable. Most memorable. You guys want to hear a story about my first bass tournament? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So there's a. Um, I've always wanted to do a bass tournament. This is back when I was probably say seventeen, eighteen. 
So pretty young and dumb, still, still young and dumb for the most part, minus the young part. <laughs> and, um, me and my buddy heard about this tournament, this bass tournament in, um, Vermilion Lake. This is way up North, you know, big, big, big Lake. And we didn't know any better. We just saw a buy-in of like 200 bucks. And this is back a while, many years. And so to us, that seemed like a pretty entry level, like, I guess, you know, why would we not try that? The only boat that we had was like my 1984, I think we called it like a thunder tracker or something. It was like this super rundown. I don't know if we're going to swear on this podcast, but super shitty. Boat. Yeah, literally. There's like all kinds of leaks, you know, like the, all the foam was bitten up by mice. The, the, the motor was like a 50 horsepower. I mean, it was like in no way the right boat for any sort of recreation on the Vermilion Lake out there. And, um, that's some big water, you know, we had, we had never been on the lake ever besides the night before. Cause we were like camping. So we, you know, we were pretty confident, you know, we went to that, we went to that tournament we had, you know, pretty much zero experience. It was a very, you know, pretty shitty boat. And, you know, we got out what we thought was early, you know, at seven, we got some coffee and some, some styrofoam cups. We had to borrow like these like neon orange life jackets from like the local lodge. We show up and these dudes are in like, you know, $70,000 boats. They were on the lake for like, the last three weeks practicing, you know, the, buy, the first place prize is like 10 grand. <laughs> it was a really, 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 uh, interesting experience. So like, like the actual, like where they flag you down to, to take your boat out to the middle of the lake to start, like all these, like, you know, 250 horsepower boats are flying out to the middle of the lake and then it's our turn. They wave our little number and we have these little neon orange life jackets and we're like, you know, with a 50 horsepower on like maybe 15 miles an hour max. And we're just like putzing or, you know, putzing along. And by the end of the day, you know, we, we did the full eight hours on the lake and we got one bass the entire day. And so everyone else is bringing back the biggest bass, you know, the, the four, the six, the whatever pound. And we got destroyed that day. We got definitely last place by a long shot. <laughs> so I felt That's like awesome, you guys would appreciate that uh, humbling admission story. That's awesome. I, uh, I, Matt, I don't know if you've ever done a bass tournament. I did one. Uh, a few years back with a buddy over on the uh, Dairyland Floach um, over by Spooner, Wisconsin. I think Spooner. But that grind of eight hours straight of full throttle driving and just constantly fishing for eight hours straight is one of the longest days of my life. And I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> that's a whole different style of fishing than I've ever seen. Like, you know... You know, these guys throwing out a swim bait and then all of a sudden they get a bite and they drop the rod and they pick up a different rig and toss that out there and immediately like hook into a fish. I'm like, what? Like, how would you ever think of doing that? Why would you just cast the same, you know, like fly fish? We just cast again and again and again and again. Nope. They're grabbing a whole different rod and throwing it out there, but they're usually indicating, you know, getting strikes to hit. So that's just, yeah, it's a completely different world, but I applaud you on, especially on Lake Pavilion. Yeah, for for trying, that's uh, that takes some guts. I would I would I wouldn't call it guts. I'd call it um, something other than guts. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, if else? you had, uh, what's you know, we're getting towards the end of the podcast and. I just want to make sure people can can find you, so they can find you on the Android uh, or Google Play Store or the uh, iTunes App Store. I'm sure is what they call it now. Um, I'm sure. Are you on the on the Facebook and Instagram, kind of posting what updates are coming out, or or how are you kind of communicating that to uh, new people or people you want to pull in? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, our primary um, way of communicating is through social media. So we have a Instagram account. Um, it's it's Trout Routes or it's at Trout Routes or however you want to do it. Um, we have a Facebook account that we try to keep updated as well. Um, for our actual product of Trout Routes, yeah, you can find it on the you know the, the Apple App Store or the uh, Google Play Store. Um, you know, eventually we'll probably start like an email newsletter, but I mean, we're we're still kind of getting started, so. Right now, it's it's primarily social media and, and Instagram. 
And you guys do have an actual website too. Right. Yeah, we do. I mean, there's not a ton there yet. I mean, that's, that's definitely one of the things we want to try and add to, but right now it's effectively like a landing page. Like you go there, you kind of learn about us. You can kind of learn about what we do. Um, but effectively like the main, if you want to learn about us, like the biggest thing you can do is just download the app and just kind of play around with it. If you like it, um, share it if you can and, and try and spread the word. I mean, you know, like we were saying earlier, it is a free product. Um, one thing that we didn't touch on is it, it, it won't be eventually like, Someone's got to eventually, we got to eventually kind of make this a, a real business. Right. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, even sure you don't have to go back to your old job and make sure you can continue making this better. It'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, as much as I appreciate, like, so I'm doing this from my, from my office right now. And one of the jokes with my family is there's, I don't know if they're like rats or if they're mice or if they're squirrels, but <laughs> in my office, I have like friends and I've named them. They're, they're <laughs> above my head. And, um, surprisingly, I actually prefer this over my last job. So I'd like to try and keep it. So yeah. yeah, to do that, we're going to, we're going to eventually migrate to a subscription model where you kind of like on X or, or all trails. We're going to follow that same model where you pay per, per year, per month. So. Well, it's, it would be worth it. You know, it's a, it's a great app. Um, I can see, uh, you guys doing pretty well with this. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much. And if you guys are listening, uh, what's that? I was going to say if you, if, I was to say if you guys are listening, um, if you download the app and take a screenshot that you have downloaded it, you can send us a direct message. I have some three BT logo circle stickers. I'll send you one. So go ahead and do that. Make sure that you're supporting this um, product. Specifically, because guess what? It's from the Midwest. It's from Minnesota. And we should support our own, especially during this oh, yeah. time. So um, yeah. let us know that you download it. And let Zach know that you love the product. Or if you have feature ideas, you know, toss them out there. Because as you've heard, they're not afraid of making updates for the users and getting that out into your hands to make your experience that much better next time you're out for And we'll work on Zach. Uh for getting the bridge beer rating system up on the app. I'm yeah, sure we'll, it'll have be our, we'll have our product people contact your people. So if it's right, good go for bridge and start drinking hams and yeah, I look, I look forward to <laughs> collaborating. The, the collaboration. No, I, w- I would um, love to, uh, you know, I would love to, it's too bad we had to do this, you know, given the times on, you know, like a zoom or whatever, but it'd be fun to, we'll have to do this again in person. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you. We'll, when you we'll get some updates. And, yeah, well, we should do it when you launch the Android updates, and then we can have a big party celebrating that. Probably Matt and I are the only two trout fishermen using an Android platform, so we'll yeah. we'll celebrate for everybody and let everybody go. But uh, awesome. yeah, thank you again. Um, appreciate the time, and uh, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully. You are safe, doing well, um, enjoying the times. And as always, find us on Instagram, Facebook, um, smash those like buttons, rate the, rate the podcast, leave comments, let us know. Yep. And we will catch you next time. See you later.